Welcome back to the fourth installment of Dissecting the Marriage Camp. I am your host with the most information. There has never been none before me, and there will be no one after me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your information. Today, we will continue following up with Dissecting the Marriage Camp and what is the scam? Is she a scammer? And who's being scammed? Let me say good afternoon or good night or good evening to all my listeners out there. Thanks for joining in, in another wonderful episode of Enjoying Your Marriage Bliss. Before you say, I do, I don't, or I won't. Well, let's take a look at who's been scammed. Now, we do know that the church is making money from this. We do know that the female goes into everything with eyes wide open. She knows the benefits, she knows the function, she knows the feature, and she knows what she will be getting out of the marriage scam. So let's take a look at what you guys will be getting out of the scam if you allow yourself to be scammed and to consume the blue pill. Now, after that wonderful proposal has been made, let's see who makes the proposal. You're thinking you proposed to her, right? Because you asked her, yeah, probably you got down on one knee and um, probably it was just a quiet occasion where you said, you know, babe, I'd like to take the relationship to the next level. But little did you know that long before you ask, she has been dropping little clues and kind of leading you down that road before you say, I want to propose. You feel like you are the one that proposing, but unfortunately, you're not the one that is proposing. It is already implanted in your mind already to do so, you are being scammed. Why do I believe this? Because I've seen it so many times, millions and millions of times, over and over and over. Every guy thinks he has found a new world. Not all women are like that. Well, my friend, I hate to break the news to you, but you can't make an omelet without breaking the eggs. And that's the, that is the statistic, that is the fact. Now, if you go into this thing eyes wide open as a male, the first thing you would have done is read the contractual agreement. Make amendment to it if you so desire. And as we know, there's only three reasons why you will ever sign that contract. We have discussed that over and over, so let's move forward. Now, if you still choose to be punished and you still want to be on the plantation, well, I would strongly suggest you read the contractual agreement before signing it. Make amendment. Um, discuss it with her, and I guarantee you, um, probably 60% of the time, that marriage won't go anywhere if you start making amendment and you start saying, I want this and I don't think this is fair and this would be reasonable because now she won't see the benefit of doing it. 
but what benefits do you see from it? I recently had a discussion um, with a female and asked her, why should I marry you? And she told me her reasons. And I told her, well, I get that from a relationship, all of the reason that she has given me. Um, number one was companionship. I get that from any relationship I'm in. She said number two was sex. I get that from any relationship I'm in. Number three was... Um, the third reason was really, um, I had to think about it. She said, you don't want to die alone. But guys, wake up. When a female says to you, they're getting married to you because you don't want to die alone, doesn't that mean they don't want to die alone also? And the realism of that is that you are going to die alone. So that's never a reason to sign the contract. And I said to this female, hey, I'm going to die alone whether you're there or not. Are you going to die with me on the same day I'm going to die? I guarantee you're not. You're going to want to live just like it's, it's in every human being to live. So she's not going to want to die with me, and I'm not going to die with her. So it's a cancel right there. So that's never a reason. And the third reason was like, I want to share my, the fourth reason, I'm sorry, excuse me. The fourth reason was like, I want to share my life with somebody. <laughs> I am doing that. I am doing that in a relationship. I'm sharing my life with you in a relationship. So I said, sell me marriage. Sell me, why should I marry to you? And all the reason that she gave me was not convincing for me to ever make that mistake. I said, I can give you a million reasons why I shouldn't do it. And she said, okay, give me four. I said, it's not in my best interest. I am going to be taken to the castration court should you ever change your mind and want out of it. I said, um, it doesn't benefit me because I'm locked into a relationship and I don't like to be locked into anything. Then she said, oh, you have a fear of commitment. I said, no, let me finish. The other reason is like, I don't always want somebody telling me what to do, when to do, and how to do. You know, I don't want to be controlled. So she told me I had a fear of commitment, and just like every female, they start to analyze and be the psychiatrist and try to come up with formulas to try and change you. And I said... No matter what you say, you still haven't given me a reason why I should marry you. She said, here is the best reason I can give you, because I love you. That is never a reason to get married. I said to her, do you know what love is? She said, yes. I said, what is love? She said, it's when you fall in love with somebody you cannot do without the person. And her exclamation was quite vague. And I said, wait a minute. You said fall. Do you know the definition of fall? If I fall in love, something is wrong there. You never want to fall. You want to stand. So that's the first, that's the first misconception about love. Love is an emotion. 
What is emotion? Emotion is a feeling. What is feeling? Feelings change. I'm not going to feel the same way I do today, tomorrow, or how I felt yesterday. So that's why you have so much controversy when two people are bond together. Because there are times when that emotion kicks in when they don't want to be bond together. And that's the result of divorce. And as I said, when the divorce comes, it's normally filed by the female. And when it's here, it's here for the male. It's here to take what the male has and give it to the female in pretty much 99.9% of the cases that are filed. The male is the benefactor and the female is the beneficiary. So those two words, you've got to understand them and I will drill them into you guys until you, it becomes second nature. What are you getting out of being married? A feeling of companionship? I get that from a relationship. A feeling of being in love? I get that from a relationship. Sex? I get that from a relationship. Now, for the female, what does she get? She gets to have her day. Notice they always say it's her day. She's in the spotlight. What do you get? Okay? They always say the female is the star of the show. She's the one that's walking down the aisle in the white dress or the pink dress or whatever color she chooses. But she's the star. All, all eyes is on her. So she's getting to be the star that day. You're just the wingman. Now, when it comes on, as I, we discussed in our last segment, who gets the bill? 99.9% .9 of the time, it's the male who are flipping the bill for all everything that we went over. So let's move forward from that. She benefits by getting her day, getting her dress, getting her party, getting all her friends to see that she is now the arm candy of your life. She gets a set income for the rest of her life if she should choose to when she takes you to the castration court. Um, she will get all the money. I didn't say alimony, all the money, because that's what I call it, alimony, for how many years? You know, pretty much all her life. She's going, if she wants to, she can say, you know what? I'm just going to live on my alimony. And some of these alimonies are ridiculous. And I know what you guys may be saying. I don't have much, so she won't get much. And once again, I will ask you, do you think the code cares? The man in the black robe, once you are before him, do you think he cares about you? All he cares about is how much he can take from you and give to her. And you will watch what you have worked and tile for just go up in smoke. In 99.9% .9 of the cases. So she is benefited, benefited greatly from this marriage. 
while you are just the manufacturer. Now, if you have kids, it's, you know, you're probably 99% of the time again, you're not going to get those kids. You're going to get to go and pay the child support. So here's another income on top of her. The more kids you have, the more income she's getting. So she knows what she's getting out of this security blanket called marriage. What are you getting? I'll tell you what you're getting. You're getting screwed. You're getting scammed. That's what you're getting. Why do you need a piece of paper to prove that I love that person? And that piece of paper, what does it prove? Is it a proof or is it a paper to allow the castration court to come in and tell you what you can and can't do, what you will do, and what they allow you to not do, not what you won't do, what they allow you to not do. So you're now a slave to the castration court, and you're actually, you may have left the plantation physically, but financially, you're still on the plantation. It keeps digging and digging. And guys, just so let you know, if you're dumb enough or naive enough to go and do it again, now you put the other wife in danger because now she can take you back to court and say that your income has increased. And now your other wife has to help pay the child support. So just to let you know, and if you think that I'm joking or this is made up, please go and check the laws out. You know, And most males don't because of the euphoric feeling that I'm in love and um, she's my soulmate, and we think of our emotions. We let our emotions rule us when it comes down to woman and sex and being the protector and the provider. Where does this nonsense come from that you have to be the protector and the provider? How about she being the protector and the provider? How about you both work equal together and provide for each other. But no, society is blended into the male that he has to provide and protect. A female will easily say no to a male. No matter what you ask her, she can easily say no. I notice with the male, it's kind of hard to say no because the way how society is instilling us. I practice to say, you have to practice that to say no to a female. I practice to say that, you know, when they ask me for something, um, I could probably do it, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that. No. And they do not take no very kindly. A male would walk away. Okay, no problem. A female will like, she will get upset and she will always remember it, but that's good. Because that's a lesson you're teaching her. No means no. I am not doing that. You know, when a woman says no, it means no. But when a man says no, they want to kind of shave it down like it's kind of yes, no. No means no. So guys, before you do or you don't, know the scam 
know the game. Once you know the game, then you can play the game. Once you sign that contract, you're signing an agreement for how many years or for the rest of your life. And that agreement must be in your favor as well as be reasonable. If you just sign the paper without reading it and without changing anything, then you're just asking for trouble. And I will go on record as saying most of these prenup that we have that you can put into place can be easily dismissed by the judge. He can say she was under duress. But what duress was she under? Trying to scam you into saying I do to a contract that is stacked against you. And if you don't believe it, marriage is stacked against the male. It is not something you would want to do. I have seen tons of the mangina trying to shame man into getting married. These mangina will say things like, a man should man up. What the hell does that mean, man up? Trying to belittle your manhood as to get you to do what they want to do. Most women will say to you, shame in language again, you're not a real man. What does that mean? Oh, you're only grown, but you're not a real man. That's what I call shaming language, just to seduce you into doing what they want to do. Then there's the most famous one they use is the crying game, where some woman would cry at the drop of a hat. They will start crying and trying, oh, my sister did that. My cousin is married. I'm the last one. You know, I'm showing back. Gentlemen, please don't fall for that. When they do that, just say, hey, honey, I understand where you're coming from, but could you please save me the waterworks? I don't go for that type of behavior. Once you say that, she's going to straighten up. Oh, I'm not pretending. No, no, no. Stop the waterworks and let's do it like adults. If I tell you I'm not going to do something, it means no. So you have a decision to make from here, whether you go forward or you go about your ways. It's as simple as this. It's not a crying going to convince me. If you allow the crying and the tears to convince you, then you're not a Megtow, you're a Mangina. Because you should know the game by now, how they play the game. And why is the tears there? To convince you to feel bad, to shame in language again. You feel bad, you said, okay, I'm going to give in. No. No means no. When you ask a woman for sex and she said no, if you go any further, it's considered rape and you could be arrested and your life could be over. So why is your no not no? So gentlemen, once again, who've, who is being scammed by this? You are. Anything that's not in your best interest, you're being scammed. Or I want to make it fair, if it's not in our best interest, what do I mean when I say our? That means it has to be neutral ground. It can't just be, I am going to pay child support, and 
I am going to pick up the kids all the time. But when I have the kids, do I not have to provide a place for them? Do I not have to pay for that place that I'm provided? Do I not have to be feeding them when they're with me for that period of time? Should you still get paid while I have them? That's something you have to negotiate before you get married, before you have kids. Don't wait until when you have kids, then you're going to negotiate. It ain't going to fly. It has to be in black and white. It has to be agreed upon before. And I'll tell you, most women, they will say as a cover-up blanket, I would have to be out of my mind to sign something like that. Guess what? It's the same thing with the marriage contractual agreement. You had to be out of your mind to sign something like that. So, guys, once again, um, this is the Master Mike again with another episode. I think it's my fourth installment and dissected the marriage scam. Over the weekend, I had released a part of my book, which is called The um, Making the Marriage Monkey and Transforming Him into Money. Uh, most of you who got to listen to a part of that, that is my book that will be coming out, preferably, I think, in August. And it's going to c- contain a lot of information. Um, manginas that I've talked to, they're like, oh, men don't spend money on books. Men don't like spending money, only women. And I am saying, let me tell you something. A man is the one who's spending the money. So, guys, I want to prove them wrong. And it's information that will save your life. And most of you guys who are listening, you know, please, um, I am going to start with giving out some information that will have my contact information so you can write to me and ask me questions and I will discuss the question on the podcast here. want to shout out to my man, Lorenzo, who is doing his things. I'm going to start using his music as a theme. But gentlemen, once again, don't get scammed. See you on the next episode of Dissecting the Marriage Scam.